Ethan Cooney. Ayo. And the only and the person who's running the show for everyone. The only one in the studio, Matt Powell. Hello, hello. Saving the show. Happy to be Matt, here. Matt is the best. <laughs> Yo Matt. guys, we we did we did it again. Where have we nominated? Let's go. Yo. All right, uh, yeah. All right, uh, after Monday, it's true. Still, one more award that could come out. That's that's planning to come out. How's it? How's your your week been, Ethan? Are you caught up on Ted Lasso now? I still haven't watched more. I'm sorry. Uh, No. Um, How much have you watched so far? I've only watched the the first episode. Um, I think you're missing out. I think it's uh, it's 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 doing some good stuff. I know. I, um, I gotta check it out. I saw obviously that yeah, they it, um uh, paid tribute to Grant Wall in their last episode, which I thought was really sweet. Yes, and uh, Beard is also reading his book. Um, in that, yes, very nice touch. Um, very much like that. All right, let's uh, move into the actual soccer because everyone knows that Ted Lasso is not that. What? Um, yeah. Ted Lasso um, is a right. documentary. Everything in it is factual. Yeah, it's the it's actually complete. That's what I thought. I mean, it literally is. Welcome to Rexham. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Wait, is that an AI chat or is that uh, Ethan? Wait, Ethan, did you just say that? Yeah, I said I said welcome to Richmond. Uh, I feel like uh, in the delayed Zoom, I I did not see your your mouth move when oh. <laughs> you said that. So I was like, is there a fourth person here? Is someone using <laughs> chat chat GPT or in in AI? Surprise guest. Surprise yeah, guest. Jason guess. Jason Sudeikis and. Um, Ryan Reynolds on the show tonight, today. Yes, uh, promoting um, <laughs> this morning. Yeah, Hi, yeah, we brought, yeah, we brought Ryan in. Hey, not that that's not too bad. Brought Ryan in. Uh, Rexham, uh, very close to clinching promotion. Um, that there, so we'll what happens? They're in a race. There's two yeah. teams at a hundred points. Uh, they might not get guaranteed promotion if they drop if they drop any points uh, in the remainder of the season. That game yeah, is next play, week. Those two teams play each other this weekend. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wrexham. Yeah. Wrexham. Yeah, it's coming up this week. They're and even on points. They're even on points, but Wrexham has a game in uh, a game in hand on them. So it's actually it's mm-hmm. a really good title race. It's a better title race than the Premier League. It's definitely better than League <laughs> One or Serie A. Um, the Bundesliga is still interesting, but Wrexham's in a good one. Yeah, yeah. This is when um, I, I, it's it feels like the National League pr- promotion is a little, um, it, like it could like why is it only that the first team gets automatic promotion like and then you still have, and then we have the playoffs. Obviously, they were eliminated in the playoffs last uh, last time out. I love the playoffs. Uh, I love single elimination games. I'm a huge. I, I actually, I think the promotion system is really good. I'm a fan of it. Well, and, uh, well definitely, we need promotion. We, we need any form of that. Well, I mean, the specific. I think, I think it should be top two should get automatic. In this specific situation, it feels a little unfair because Wrexham is at a hundred points, and like there's clearly yeah. two teams that should go up. Um, but <laughs> uh, the the system itself, um, barring special circumstances like celebrities making a super team in a lower league, it should be. I, I love the system. Yeah, this is true. Like you shouldn't be able like like it is 
definitely more satisfying if a team uh, is playing well based on coaching rather than celebrities coming in and adding people. Um, while like that can like change the team's history, um, and like there can that can still be entertaining. Uh, I think it's better when we see a team that's coached really well. Um, so I, I don't know much about this other team and uh, how they're doing, but uh, I'm guessing that they don't have much star power to compare to the likes of Rexism, Rexum. But um, I don't know what happened there. Uh, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is Rexism? But, uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Maybe they actually are owned by someone else. Maybe That's maybe they're owned by someone else famous. So. Definition anti Rexum bias probably caused from not liking the movie Deadpool. <laughs> there it's, uh, whoa. I mean, you you might have got to got me there. Uh there yeah. Uh, there are definitely better movies. All right, uh, let's let's move on. Um, let's move on to some to uh, some news about Christian Pulisic. Uh, Frank Lampard is coming back to Chelsea just to he's being the caretaker manager. He has not been officially hired as the interim or the head coach again. And uh, we will remember that uh, Christian Pulisic played his best soccer when Frank Lampard was there. Uh, what do you guys think about Frank Lampard coming back to Chelsea? I'm excited for it in regards to um, Christian Pulisic and the USMNT. Um, but he left Conte on the bench uh, for the first his first game as manager. And that one feels bold because I think Conte played a fantastic game. Him and Enzo were linking up well. I don't know if this is a good thing for Chelsea fans, even though the season is pretty much lost. Um, besides the Champions League run, they're still going on. Uh, but but this is a great thing for Christian um, Pulisic, who needs to find uh, the form that he once had. In my opinion, he should move. But if he's at Chelsea, there isn't a better manager for him to be under. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the best thing for Pulisic, but I can't help but just, like, what kind of shambles are Chelsea in that they're bringing in the guy who got fired by Everton to come and take them out for the rest of the season? I know, obviously, they have this prior relationship. And I like Frank Lampard, too. I thought he was fired from Chelsea at first a little too harshly. You know, he played for NYCFC. I got, I, I've got fond memories with him. Scored the first ever hat-trick for NYCFC. But he's proven himself to just not to just not be that guy. And I don't know what they're expecting to do with him for the rest of the season, especially with their Champions League run. Yeah, I I don't know why I uh I feel like uh I'm I'm pretty fond of Frank Lampard because um like uh then I remember when he came to MOS, um, how it took him forever before he actually played a game. He was like, "Oh, I, I'm 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 still with Man City. I'm still gonna, um, I, I'm still playing so here, so I I can't come until the summer." But it felt like it kept getting delayed. Um, he was, I mean, like uh, also in that first season, he was. Uh, called into the MOS All-Star game before he had ever played a game for NYCFC. Or maybe he had played one game, but still. Um, very, very uh, not not cool. Um, but I always thought that, again, yeah, he was fired too soon from Chelsea. At the time that he was fired, they weren't completely out of the race for the top four and obviously they were doing well in the Champions League um, I don't think that Tuchel is the reason that they won the Champions League um, mm. I thought I think that they had a pretty good chance to win that uh, with Ed, Ed, without him I don't think he added the missing piece and it just, it just so like sort of happened that they ended up winning uh, that year, I mean, like for some, yeah. What do you think? First, I, I, I kind of feel like Tuchel played 
a, a decent part in that Champions League run that year. Uh, especially with the defense. And like I feel like guys like Rudiger and Thiago Silva weren't performing the same as they were under Frank Lampard, uh, as they were when, when Tuchel took over. Um, it's kind of fun to say. Tuchel took over. But, um, yeah, okay, but that was... What is he yeah. actually saying? What is Tuchel actually saying that is... Uh... That is that that like really would be different because like I feel like I I do feel like it's really hard to fire a manager midseason if they don't uh, if like they aren't doing like really badly because they weren't doing really badly they were still they were still in the top ten and they still had chances of finishing uh, in the top four. Um. I like I I don't think he was he deserved to be fired and I don't think they're like like what is Tuchel really changing that much? Is he really say oh yeah he he's just saying to them defend better or like what what is he actually <laughs> saying that made them play better? Because I don't think he's doing it. he did that. Do you have any insight on this, Matt? You you got a you got a, a smarter tactical brain. On, on your head than I do. Uh, a Champions League run um, is uh, particularly challenging because, as, as from a tactical perspective, a managerial perspective, because um, it's the primary focus of the teams, um, and you have to instill like um, a, a a tactical plan that counters your opponents and doesn't veer from your style so you're able to get into form all while doing league games and um, giving your opponent tape to watch without giving them the tape that'll be relevant Um, the Champions League run is incredibly complicated um, and I I, the manager does more than say defend better that's uh, Tuchel a manager has to play a role because it's all about matchups and that's why Real Madrid's been so successful they they, their best players are very interchangeable positionally. Um, some of them are positionless. Um, he's young, so he hasn't been involved in the massive success, but uh, Camavinga is a huge part of that current evolution of positionless players for Real Madrid. Um, and, yeah, I, I, a manager does a lot in a Champions League run, arguably more than a um, table a season-long run because that's a little bit more autopilot. That's the way I see it. I think I think Tuchel was heavily involved in that win. If and it's... I will say about uh, Tuchel, I I think he imbued a mentality in the team that Lampard was not uh, sort of bringing to the squad. Because if I remember, I know this was like a couple years ago at this point, but if I remember, I. I not only like the results weren't necessarily there, but Lampard was kind of losing the locker room as well. It seemed um, not that the players were necessarily turning on him or, or hating him, but just that morale was really low. Um, and I think Tuchel came in and really just kind of lit a fire under them. And they, they, I just remember them playing so much better for the rest of the season after Tuchel came in. Well, one of the people who really was shining when Frank Lampard was there, obviously, uh, was uh, Pulisic. Obviously, he'd been at Chelsea with three different managers, and the best time was when they were playing in front of the empty stadiums. Um, And that was when his production was the best. Still, Christian Pulisic is only 24. Um, Do you guys think that he ends up leaving this summer. Um, The only way that I think that he couldn't leave, that he maybe could stay another season, is if uh, with this run he starts playing consistently because the last time Lampard was here, he did play consistently. So if he plays the last 10 games um, and scores a bunch of goals, um, and Chelsea, because Chelsea is still in the Champions League, and if Chelsea goes on a Champions League run, 
this season, if Chelsea were to win the Champions League this season, and Christian is a huge part of that, would Christian Pulisic stay at Chelsea? Uh, I don't think Christian Pulisic is going to stay at Chelsea. I don't think Frank Lampard is a long-term answer, and their contracts are too expensive. They're going to look to offload anything that they don't see as valuable. That's that's the way I see it. Um, I don't even think he'll stay on loan or anything. I, the way I see it, he gets dealt. Um, even if even could, if that were to could come, could Christian Pulisic start? Uh, could he become the manager if they win the Champions League? Do you think he has any chance of becoming the Chelsea manager again, or do you think it is? It is going to Nagos, men or Luis Enrique. I think they are doing right by a legend in a season that's lost all meaning, besides the Champions League run. That's that's how I read this higher, honestly. It is someone who the fans like, but I think if if they win the Champions League, um, if they win the Champions League and they go on a run, um. I think it is. It definitely feels more likely that Christian Pulisic decides to stay because they do that, because he plays in one. He plays in a bunch of the games. Maybe he stays for one more year. That seems more like, likely than Frank Lampard uh, getting hired if Chelsea wins the Champions League. That being said, I think it should be the other way. Like I think that if uh, Chelsea wins the Champions League then Frank Lampard deserves to be the manager. Um, and even and with that, I, I think it's time for Christian Pulisic to go to another club no matter what because uh, it, it just feels like he's... It is the time for a change. He's still 24, um, so still very young, still has a lot left, but he's got to go somewhere where he is playing every game. I don't want to spend too long uh, on this, but I do think yeah. it's worth pointing out that Lampard um, is hired after extensive and reliable reports that the former Bayern coach, uh, Nagelman, was the favorite. Um, so to me, the hire feels like a second choice, like negotiations broke down somewhere, uh, whatever that breakdown was. And I think Lampard is, in my mind, hired as much more of an interim while they reassess what their first option would be. There were also reports about Louis Enrique. I love Louis Enrique's style. Um, maybe not for winning games, but for watching soccer. Um, it's fantastic. I hope he is a coach somewhere just because I like watching his teams play. Um, but it feels like both of those coaches were reported more than him, and then Frank Lampard was suddenly hired. And so to me, it feels like a breakdown, and he was hired as an interim. But... I don't know. Maybe and, I mean, maybe winning a Champions League could change that. Why would you want to go to to Chelsea besides the fact that they are in the Champions League still? Just like uh, there is so much, so much with with both Nagelsmann or Luis Enrique. Like uh, it's looking like it will probably be another rebuild because, or especially for Luis uh, Enrique. Um, it's like a full. It's a he plays a completely different system. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know why he would want to go to Chelsea, um, with uh, their current state uh, with Todd Bully Bully still uh, figuring out um, the Premier League. If I'm Louis uh, Enrique and I want to play my system, I am looking at Enzo Fernandez as a star. Enzo is one of my favorite players right now. He's so good, and he'd be so good in that system. Ethan, have any uh, final thoughts on uh, Chelsea or Christian Pulisic? Yeah, Chelsea are in, are in a very weird spot right now, and I uh, they're reminding me of Man United from, I mean, even from last season and a couple of seasons ago where talented players would go there and it just it just for whatever reason it just wouldn't work and I feel like they're signing all these players and spending all this money and it's still not really working out maybe it will eventually um and as as for Pulisic he he probably should have left this last summer I don't 
I don't really know why he's still there. Um, it's never really, it never really worked out the way it should have, or the way that any of us would have hoped, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he uh, he is leaving yeah. wearing the number ten jersey. I mean, he scored a lot of goals, and he, it, it, I mean, like, um, he has done a lot. He did a lot at Chelsea. He just, he, uh, there were just so many legends there. It was always going to be hard for him to become one of them. Um, yeah. But uh, that would have been would have been cool if he if he uh, play was playing like as good as uh, Young Hazard. Um, mm, anyway, yeah. let's move on to the MOS games that happened last week. Um, starting with the Sounders versus the LA Galaxy. So good to be back in the stadium. Um, pretty much I was the only person there because it was empty. Uh, there was no one there. Um, as fans continue to protest uh, Chris Klein. Um atmosphere was terrible even though it did pick up in the second half Sounders completely dominated the first half uh, LA Galaxy um, dominate the second half very nerve wracking uh, very much I thought that we were going to leave there with a tie which is going to be really heartbreaking um, but same lineup as our last game with which means that Bear and Raul Rodriguez start on the bench um, which is a huge decision by Smetzer, but it pays off uh, as Morris would score first uh, off another assist by Leo Chu. Then Leo Chu would score um, from about 25 yards out. Um, Leo Chu would score um, and that would make it 2-0 uh, at the time and the game would finish 2-1. Uh, Fry will definitely wish he did better on the goal for the galaxy um but uh yeah guys what what are your thoughts on uh this performance by the sounders and and the fact that uh Raul Diaz did not start um in this last one i think it's a huge decision um it shows a lot of guts um not starting Raul Diaz um because of uh jordan morris's form leo chu's form um uh, and, and it pays off. Obviously, they get the win in LA. Um, although I think a lot of teams will be getting the win in LA. Um, I think, I think the keeper probably should do better on Leo Chu's goal. And I think, yeah, that definitely. And I think that LA Galaxy are maybe unlucky to not draw this, given how the second half looked. Um, Seattle gets a win at a very away against a very talented team and that's one headline you could run with but you could also say that the the way Seattle is poised to to compete this season you should maybe expect better or at least a full 90 minutes of the performance that you would expect they were without uh, Chicharito and uh, some other players um, but uh, great performance uh, by the Sounders um, defense. Uh, the the another big change uh, in this game we saw. Um, we we knew who also started on the bench, and with that, Alex Rodon started at left back, and Christian Rodon started at right back. And Christian and uh, Christian Rodon um, was doing pretty good filling in for Alex Rodon, but Alex Rodon was really really struggling on the left side. Um, so many chances, the, the few chances that LA did have in the first half in the beginning were all because of Alex Rodon just failing to uh, uh, have the right positioning for left back. And then also uh, Leo Chu not helping him. Um, that uh, that was tough. Uh, but uh, And then when New Who came back in, uh, everything got a whole lot better, which was which was really good to see. Um, but uh, let's get to the controversy uh, of uh, this game, which involved New Who when he came to the game. Um, and uh, we're going to hear f- 
from uh, what uh, our favorite, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Greg Vanny, coach of the LA Galaxy. Um, Greg, hope you're doing okay. Um, yeah, we are going to talk. Listening. Yeah, we are going to talk about what you said because uh, what you said here is a little, um, it's a little crazy. Uh, so let's get into that. Having said that, I think this is the third game that we've been undone on a handball, uh, in my opinion. I believe this. This is in the silhouette. This is in the silhouette. This is not in the silhouette. This is a handball. When Dayon takes one off of his chest and the referee is 25 yards back making the call from behind the play, what is he doing? Mm -hmm. That's not, that's two games ago. The last game, this is a ball that's shot. It hits under the arm and goes that way is a handball. That is not the silhouette. Three games in a row, these guys don't know what handball is. It's getting to be obscene, honestly. It's ridiculous. And the game is about margins. They have VAR, they have the ability. They're the only entity in the entire game who gets a redo. None of us else get a redo. They get a redo. And three times they can't get it right. That's their job. That's their job. And this right now, we're, we're grinding. We're in the margins. We deserve better. We deserve better. We controlled this game. We controlled the last game. We deserve better. Yes, we need to execute better. That's on us. But what we deserve, we should get. That's fair. And those three were not fair. And that's frustrating. And I'm fighting for my guys. My guys were sitting in there dumbfounded that they can't get a call. And that's why I'm sitting here to say it's unacceptable by them. Unacceptable. Greg Vanny sounding off, Herc. You tell them to get lost or actually First things first, was it a penalty on Nuhu? Uh, I don't know if it was a penalty, and I think that's where that's where <laughs> it's hard to tell him to get lost or to sympathize or not because you see the discourse online and everybody's all over the place with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the situation. He talks about the silhouette. Nuhu's turning his to his side, making himself slimmer, and that's not the reason the Galaxy lost. He talks about control. The Galaxy were better in the second half. Yes, they were thoroughly dominated in the second half, gave up some bad goals. And this is a Galaxy that's winless this year with only three goals for. He's right. They were hard done. Dejan was hard done versus Vancouver. I mm -hmm. didn't think it was a handball. It should have been the game where it wasn't. This is frustration seeping over. This is Greg Vanny, who in my estimation is a very good coach, frustrated that he's trying to save face for an organization, a once great organization, whose ownership hides, who Chris Klein hides, who expect everything to boil over. The fans are stupid. They'll forget about it later. Don't worry. We'll keep making the money, keep selling the sponsorships, keep filling up the stands. Nobody will notice the supporters. They're not there. There is no ambiance. Let's focus on the referees. That's not why you lost. That's not mm -hmm. why the Galaxy are struggling. That's not why you can't make any summer transfers. That's not why you got to find a million dollars in actual money and another in GAM. That's not why the Galaxy today, today is watching their neighbor win on and off the field and you're sitting here talking about the referees. I understand Greg Vanny and I sympathize. Mm -hmm. He's a leader. He's a good coach. But your frustrations aren't with pro. Your frustrations are with AEG and Chris Klein. And your fans, your fans don't want to hear about a handball. Your fans don't want to hear about, let's dump it in the box that should have been so we could tie the game at home versus a team that's dominated us for 10 straight games. Look back before those 10 straight games. You know when the last time before those 10 straight games that Seattle had won in Los Angeles was? Do you know when it was? Never. When? Never. <laughs> LA Galaxy once was a great club. The club in Major League Soccer. But you're hanging on to the past. You're not focusing on the present, and there surely is no future this if you keep going this way. To claim that he's absolute, like this is a decision that has to be made or that the referees definitely got this wrong is, is just wrong. He, you can argue that had this been called on the field, it couldn't have been changed by VAR. VAR, it, couldn't, it wasn't a clear and obvious error, but... To say that this is a decision that has to be made is absurd. Uh, sorry, Greg. He also says that this is the third time um, that uh, this has happened to the team, and he's defending his team because his team is in the locker room. Um, 
right now wondering how they didn't get a call and how they didn't get the tie. Well, my response to that is, I mean, you have 90 minutes. You have 90 minutes and you couldn't hit the target. There were many opportunities in this game where they were where they had chances go over the bar and they didn't have fry work. You have plenty of time. This is just whiny. This is just sour grapes. This is just uh this is I I'm, I'm not a fan of Rick Vanny um right here. He's he's taking it out in the, on the referees when he's really just mad at uh at the LA Galaxy um, and Chris Klein for being a terrible owner. And, I mean, he's got to be fired. Um, Ethan, what are your thoughts on on uh, on some of his comments? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't – I'm not familiar with the silhouette rule. Um, but I don't really see how this is a handball – and I'm, I'm sure it's one of those things where, you know, it could change depending on the ref. Like if, if a ref calls it initially as a handball on the field, then going to VAR, they might not have enough uh, evidence to overturn that. It might not be clear and obvious. Um, but I feel like from the handball rules that I'm familiar with, he's literally, he's tucking his arms back in behind his back. I don't really see how how you can call that as a handball. I, I think Greg's kind of overreacting here. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I know he's I, he's been loyal to us, but he's, I, he's in the wrong here. There's a nuanced conversation to be had about the handball rule, and Greg Vanny does not seem interested in it. Um, but <laughs> if I'm a Galaxy fan and see, seeing New Who, like, lean into it the way he does right before the cross comes in, this feels bad if I'm an LA Galaxy fan, to be perfectly honest. Um, but to to be so sure that it's the wrong call is not that's not an accurate assessment of the situation. The referees are not why the Galaxy are doing bad this year and have not won a game yet. Um, that being said, um, I. I do think if they if they had tied this game, I think that would have been huge for the Galaxy. Um, this is the tenth time in a row that the Sounders have uh, beaten the Galaxy in LA. We have a huge rivalry with the Galaxy. Um, the last time that they beat us um, in LA goes back to, is goes back to all the way when. Uh, the Galaxy won MLS Cup was the last time that they beat us in uh, in LA, which is in 2014. So even before NYCFC existed, um, and uh, I mean when he said when he say that first uh, again they need to fire their coach, but um, with the history, like I think it really could have fired them up. Um, even because if they had scored, it would have felt like a win. It would have felt like a loss for us, and it would have felt like a win for them. Um, so with that, I am so ha- I am even more happy that we were able to hold on um, for this because I do not want to be the reason that their their season gets kick started. Um, and I mean, I, I maybe Galaxy fans can. Uh, I think if they also win. Uh, that's good news for Chris Klein. So they got to keep losing so he gets fired. All right, uh, let's move on to the the, the next game. Uh, let's move to NYCFC, Ethan. Uh, they were in uh, New England. How how did you feel about this last game? I felt all right about it. I thought we played okay, uh, but most importantly, I thought it was uh, a well-earned, hard-fought point on the road. Uh, and I'm sure a point on the road that'll be uh, helpful down the line. Uh, talking to my family about this game, as I usually do, uh, they were much uh, they were much more upset about this game. Um, and I feel like the thing that is very easy to forget um, is that it's still so early on in the season. It's match day. It was match day six, you know. Like, it, yes, it's it's annoying when we don't play well, but there's still so much time. 
And either way, it's it's like the last like four months of the season anyway that like determines the whole thing, um, it's somewhat. So, um, I'm 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 looking up uh, personally um, after this. I mean, you say there's so much time, Ethan, but then you 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 look at what happened to like teams like the Sounders last year. I mean, where did the time go? You got to start winning it sometime. It went to the CCL. Hey, I didn't even have to bring it up that time. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Sounders won a still okay. CCL okay. reigning okay. champion. No, not the horn. We haven't got, we haven't done a horn in a while. That's, and uh, uh, you brought it up that time, Ethan. That was all you. I, But I was bringing it up in the context that you guys missed the playoffs last year. Let's go. Nobody's got the horn on standby. I know you're not going to play it, though. You're going to play a different sound. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that. <laughs> I don't think – I'm not sharing my sound. But um, – Yeah. That's how – it's whatever. Yeah, um, you guys still missed the playoffs last <laughs> um, year. Yeah, I I thought NYCFC played, played decently this game. We did well to come back uh, and and leave with a point. I really thought that we were going to win it there because um, after we equalized in the 80th minute of uh, the great great header from Talos Magno, um, we were really raring to go, um, especially with Richie Ledesma, who had just come on. Um, and I really thought – I thought we were going to go and, and, and get the winner. Uh, but we didn't, and life moves on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to our next match. This is Better, a uh... – yeah. This is a good result. Better than the last time in New England. Yeah, this is a good result for NYCFC. Oh. New England's a really good team. They attack through the width really well. Uh, they're organized defensively. A result on the road is a positive sign. Um, uh, I'll admit, uh, going to Gillette Stadium, and it was in Gillette, right? Yeah, it was. Um, yes. And, and coming I mean, out with a draw. you predicted a loss, Matt. Yeah. I, I, think, I think New England's really good. I it wasn't I think I said it wasn't a knock on NYCFC that I predicted they'd lose. Um I I think I think the result's a good one um for NYCFC. Uh it can be boring playing in one of the worst MLS stadiums and getting a one one draw, but uh there's nothing to be that upset about. The team is really, solid. It's such an odd stadium. Yeah. Um and the turf. There's controversy here too though. There's a there's a call. Yes. Um, and I probably want to hear your thoughts on it briefly, but I, I have I have thoughts too. I can't yeah, believe it's... Ethan just called their stadium odd. I don't think you, Ethan, you can't say that. There can be multiple well, you know, odd stadiums. <laughs> yes, and 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 what I was, you know, like a, a duck can spot another duck. But what I was thinking watching the game is that no matter what, grass is still better than turf. Cause like I think it it was Sands or somebody who went down and he came up and he was just covered in the little turf pellets, and I was like, this is not how the game should be played. This like the game should be played on grass. I'll take um, those turf pellets any day over mud. I disagree. There's strongly. no mud on Yankee Stadium. I disagree. I disagree strongly. Give me mud. Give me also give yes, me a mud, rainy mud night in fun. Nashville. Do it on a rainy night I, in Nashville. No, nothing about nothing about the mud, and and I wasn't saying that NYCFC had mud. I was just saying just just more from a cleanliness um, standpoint. But there is right. there, I mean, there is a lot of dirt there. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, New England's uh, first goal of the game was disallowed uh, due to an offsides call on Gustavo Bo uh, for blocking Luis Barraza's uh, sight line. And I I honestly don't know how I feel about this. It's one of those things where, like, if it had happened to NYCFC, I'd probably be really pissed. But because it happened uh, in, in favor of us, I'm like, oh, yeah, great call. So, um, <laughs> you know, I it's it's one of those things where it really just kind of it, – it changes for me. And, and I, I really – I don't know what to make of it. it it's hard to judge a sight line. Yeah, we've seen stuff like uh, there's been other times where I've thought that it shouldn't be where I've thought it 
should be called when it isn't called in times where it is called when I think it shouldn't be called or like so I just want consistency on this um yeah Matt uh, uh I think it's time that we move on to Nashville versus Orlando um a lot of the uh MOS staff have been saying that this was a great performance from Nashville just a complete performance Performance, uh, true Gary Ball. Matt, what do you think about the 2-0 win in Orlando? You know, the final whistle went, and uh, the announcer said um, it was a Gary Smith masterclass. And my initial knee-jerk reaction to that um, was that uh, that was ridiculous. This was one of the ugliest games of soccer I've ever seen. Nashville created maybe one chance and scored two goals. Um and had in the 30s of possession, I think, and had maybe in the 10s of meaningful possession. Uh, defensively, the shape was fine. I do think the back line is just legitimately one of the most talented in the MLS, um, but tactically it wasn't special defensively. Um, and so I was like, what, is, what does the announcer mean, Gary Smith Masterclass? And then I realized that Gary Smith Masterclass means exactly what I just saw a disastrous performance that ends in a 2-0 win. And I I I understood the wisdom that he meant. It was a little I think I think Gary Smith masterclass is a little jab at Gary Ball and I'm here for it because this is a result on the road and it's something we haven't had yet, so I will I will take it. Um but yeah, Orlando's fine. Nashville uh, doesn't play like they should, like they do at home when they're on the road. Um, so a result is a good thing. Uh, the uh, Hani Mukhtar finally shows up. That's the only notable thing from this game. The game is a mess. Um, oh, there is a controversy that we can get to, but um, there's bad, there's iffy calls in every single one of these games. Um, but yeah, uh, Hani Mukhtar scores a goal and gets an assist. Uh, he now has, I think. Four or five goal contributions. Um, I think it's four. Two assists to Schaffelberg, one to Fafa, and one goal on his own. And he's created lots of chances. The advanced stats are still on his side. He just needed to actually get on the score sheet, uh, open his account for the season. Oh, and Fafa opens his account for Nashville and for the season. So a lot of firsts in Orlando. Um, even if it wasn't uh, even if, if even if it wasn't good soccer. Uh, do you want to cover the controversy? Um... Yeah, Matt. so um, I'm glad that this didn't finish 1-0 because it would have felt bad to only mm-hmm. score one goal and win because the goal, the first goal we scored um, is a quick free kick taken and it's a heads-up play by Hani and the fact that the ball is probably moving when he kicks it doesn't necessarily affect the play but it is technically against the rules uh, so it would feel awful to get it called back but maybe probably it should have been called back. So I'm glad it was a 2-0 win and not a 1-0 win. Yeah, I hate when the VAR, like instant replay, when they're talking about this, it's like, oh, this can't be reviewed because it's the start of a play because the ball, because um, like how VAR is, like you can't start on like a dead ball. Like that is just so stupid. Like if um if there's a corner, if someone scores off a corner kick, but the ball was like three yards into the field. Like, are they saying that they wouldn't call that back? Like, if it's not, if it's like clearly against the rules and like the ball moving, you're gaining an advantage. Uh, I think this is, I think that's just like a problem with, with VAR. Like, I don't understand why they're always like, oh, you can't call it back. Um, Cause the ball, I, I mean, with here, I think you could also say it's, it's not clear and obvious that it is moving, it but does, if it's moving, like yeah. it kind of looks like it stops yeah. right at the end. So maybe it wouldn't have even been called back, but it, I don't know. It, the point, my point is that it didn't affect the play. Um, I feel like it's against the spirit of the law, not the word of the law um, to call yeah, this back. Yeah. Yeah. We go back to that one uh, last, the Sounders had one um, against uh, Colorado last season in which the the Sounders restarted the took a free kick like 20 yards behind 
um, where the foul was, and then Colorado was complaining that the free kick was not taken in the right place. And with that, like, like Colorado has got to, like, uh, for the, like this is the free kick. This is like why you do a quick free t- free uh, kick. Like you got to be ready for anything. Uh, I think we uh, should so move think, into yeah. the uh, predictions, and we're gonna have to do these a little quickly. Um, yeah. But we'll start with Seattle, St. Louis, and I'll let Nat open it. But uh, we should probably have a, a mini conversation about St. Louis as a team because we haven't really had one yet. Yeah, we've just <laughs> been pushing them to the back burner, and I even though they went uh, five, they went five games unbeaten, so they took their record. I yeah. really wanted them to win this. Not last even just game unbeaten, five wins. I wanted them to to uh, to I wanted them to beat Minnesota so the Sounders could be the first team to beat them. This game is in Seattle. Um, this is a, a a real test for them. Uh, I'm feeling good. I think uh, we should have um, we should have no problems, um, especially with Roy Diaz. Um, uh, I I assume that he'll start. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'm very interested to see what formation we come out in. I think um, Morris is going to start. By the way, I I think there's a yeah. It's hard if you to not start uh, Leo Chu and Morris, but then like who drops to the bench? Um, if you start both of them, maybe Rusnak will sit because I I think it's hard to not start Raul Diaz. I would like to see Morris start next to Rory Diaz in this game, but I don't really expect it to happen. Um, uh, Ethan, you picked a loss for the, for yes. the Sounders for this first time that you've done that you've done that this season. Um, want to say anything uh, quickly? Yeah. You wanted the Sounders to be the first team to beat St. Louis. I don't even think they'll be the second team to beat St. Louis. This is a p- purely a vibes pick. Uh, Seattle, uh, or sorry, St. Louis are going to come in the underdog away from home and they're going to uh, sneak a win against one of the bigger teams in the MLS. As long as we don't hand St. Louis a goal, then I think we'll do, fa- we'll do fine. I, I, I mean, that's what we, I, we saw Minnesota get Minnesota beat them and all they had to do was not give the ball directly to them and they they, they held on. <laughs> For the record, I picked I picked Seattle to win, but I do think um, I do think Seattle's going to struggle playing out of the back. I think I, I'm worried Seattle's going to try a possession style when that's not how you beat the St. Louis team. They're very energetic and organized pressers of the ball uh, high up the field, and I think I think Seattle's going to have to play a different style to and find a way to be in control of this game off the ball, um, stylistically. I do think uh, in the if we we gotta play like we played in the first half of the LA Galaxy game because uh, at times in the first half um, like they were pressing us hard um, but uh, we were just moving the ball very calmly um, very well so if we can look like that I think we'll we'll do all right um, all right that game later tonight uh, at seven thirty moving on to the next game. Nashville uh, is playing Toronto. Matt, Matt, how are you feeling about uh, this game? Uh, I feel good. This feels like a trap game. This feels like something Nashville should definitely win. I didn't actually see what y'all picked. Um, Both of you picked a Nashville win, and I agree. Uh, This is something they should win, talent-wise, tactically-wise. I believe it's at Geodis. Um, yes. Toronto should not even really. Nobody on Toronto not named Bernadeschi should pose a threat to Nashville. Um, <laughs> and without the wind, he shouldn't be scoring any Olympicos, especially not without Joe Willis has been <laughs> playing this season. Um, so I think uh, Nashville should win this. And I'll I'll be. It's the first game this season where I'll feel really really disappointed um, if they don't win it. I don't think you should feel too disappointed. I think this game could have a lot of goals and could end in when in like a four four three three tie or two two tie. Maybe three three is too much, but 
I don't, don't think that I that's I don't crazy. think they're gonna lose. I don't think Nashville, they're gonna, I, I, Nashville should win. Nashville's conceded two goals in six games. Toronto doesn't have the attacking talent to put that many goals past Nashville. I think that's a hot take. But we we don't have time. We don't have too much yeah. time to spend on it. Uh, and then uh, moving on to uh, NYCFC versus Atlanta is the next game uh, for NYCFC. Even even with me seeing that uh, Ethan picked uh, Sounders to lose, I still picked uh, NYCFC to beat Atlanta. Um, Ethan, how are you feeling going into this game um, against nice. uh, Almada? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm a little bit apprehensive. I'm not looking forward to giving to giving up any free kicks, you know. Um, but I think we've got an interesting team. Uh, I believe Gabe Siegel is going to start. We signed him from, uh, like, I think FC Cone, like, two, uh, and NYCFC two over the offseason. He started against New England. He's a young striker, and I thought he was great, honestly. Like, he fit right into the team. He was doing well, link-up plays, passing around. He had one big chance that he probably should have scored. Uh, instead, he kind of sent it sailing over the crossbar. But um, I'm excited to see more of him. Uh, we did just we just put Thiago Andrade out on loan uh, to Atletic, a Brazil team. Um, so we no longer have Thiago Andrade which has its pluses and its minuses. Um, he's a player that could have done serious damage in the MLS, but probably for a team with a different play style. Uh, like, honestly, he would have been great on Nashville. Um, but yeah, I don't have, I don't really have a prediction for this game. I don't know. What did you guys think? Give me Tiago Almada. He's the best player in the MLS. Sorry. It's not, it's, it's not against NYCFC. Ooh. He's, he's, no, I, yeah. I, I'm just I put surprised the... the best player in the MLS part. Yeah, I think uh, Morris has something to say about that. Was he Morris? That's crazy. Morris That's, absurd. <laughs> That's absurd. That's <laughs> absurd. Morris, Morris about to score another hat trick in this one. Um, uh, and with that, uh, that prediction, um, uh, we will see you next week. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at WECB Football and on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. Uh, send us questions. Uh, contact the show at footballslife.net and uh, uh, with that next week uh, we have NYCFC versus Nashville again and Seattle Portland so much happening remember to come back next Saturday Uh, and with that football Football is is live. live